New season, new song, more guests and more possibilities. Let's get into it. This is Shadoof. Welcome to Shadoof, the place where business, research, and entertainment make a baby in your mind. And you will come to find this time to challenge business standards. Because you'll trust the data, but not from Star Trek, because that's a made up character. Welcome to Shadoof. The Shadoof Podcast is back with some changes. Like you just heard, did you guys notice the new theme song? Written and mastered by Andrew Webster with the vocal stylings of Alora Smith. Now, just so everyone's aware, this episode marks the beginning of our third season. Season three, you guys. Season three. Season three already? Wow, we're rolling. Actually, we're looking, you know, at our stats. And it uh, turns out, download-wise, we're up in the top 5% as far as podcasts go. So Woo! It's Real? pretty That's exciting. Awesome. It's way awesome. Okay, so we're going to keep things rolling. Now, we don't really delineate between seasons. You know, we like to take these opportunities to mix things up, keep things fresh for you, our listeners. But, as always, I'm your host, Weston Smith, here with Head of Research Dustin Harding and fellow research scientist Lauren Silva. Hey guys, welcome back. Hey, it's good to be back. And this season we are going to have an overarching theme. And maybe not every episode, but uh, Dustin, why don't you go ahead and introduce the theme, what we're going to be focused on. We're going to be focused this season on branding, which is a really cool topic. There's some really cool research that has been done and research that we are currently working on regarding branding that we're just really excited about. Yeah, we are. Now, before we move on, just in case any of you are recently tuning into this podcast, I wanted to kind of paint a picture of what we're all about, what we're doing here at Shadoof, what our mission is, okay? Okay. Okay, so you have two different worlds. You have the business world and you have the academic world. And Dustin, you're an academic. Yeah. And academia generally focuses heavily on theory, correct? Yeah, and sometimes they get so bogged down by by theory, right? If it doesn't necessarily contribute to theory, then you're going to have a problem doing that research, publishing that research. Getting it approved. Getting it approved. They would rather be, a lot of uh, a lot of times you get these research projects that are like, oh, so-and-so, you know, established this effect, but what if there's this off-chance situation or, or somebody thinks a little bit differently, how does that change this effect? Which, you know, in some cases that could be really cool, but right. in, in a lot of cases though, it ends up being these minute things that don't really translate well to the real world. So not a bad thing, but just kind of the nature of the beast is just that it gets to be very theoretical. On the other hand, you have the business world, and they run and operate all sorts of different industries, vast amounts, it's very widespread. And not many business people want to really comb through all the academic journals and take these papers that were written based heavily on theory and find ways to apply it to their business. Yeah. Right? So... They kind of just rely on what they refer to as best practices, meaning, oh, well, this is how I learned how to do it in this industry. This is what's been being done for years. Or they look at other companies like, oh, this is what Amazon's doing. Let's follow what they're doing. Let's mimic every little thing that they're doing because it all must bring success to their lives. Yeah, because they're finding success. So it's got to be it's got to make us successful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the successful companies are obviously doing something right. 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 Are they doing everything right? No. 
But what we end up doing in industry oftentimes is just copying and mimicking every little thing that these successful companies do. And we may be copying the weaknesses that are kind of holding these companies maybe even a little bit back. Yeah. Well, and they could be copying practices that work in that industry or on that scale or in that geographical area or right. whatever, but it doesn't it's not gonna work for them as a small business owner or is it in a in a different area or whatever the differences might be, it might be a good practice in one circumstance, it might not be in another. Yeah. It's not like a one size fits all kind right. of practice. You have to figure it out based on what market you're in. Exactly. And that's where research comes in. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to knock down that barrier. We're going to bring the research that we're conducting and we're pulling research that's been done prior and looking for ways to break it down and disseminate it to you who might be able to put it into practice or even just find it interesting. Yeah. And hopefully we're going to do it in engaging ways through this podcast, through videos, through engagement on social media. So we're excited to get going and... With that, we do have a big announcement. Yes. It's pretty exciting. So we are kind of expanding our abilities. The mission of Shadoof is expanding, and we have joined forces with the UVU Smart Lab. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. We have a special guest with us today. He's no stranger to us. We've worked closely with him, and now we're going to be working a lot more closely with him with some of Shadoof's new endeavors. He's the director of the UVU Smart Lab, Dale Jolly. Dale, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Great. The UVU Smart Lab does some awesome biometrics testing. Yeah, and the really high-quality biometrics testing, by yeah. the way. They, they've won how many awards now? How many state awards? Have we well, won? it's a, we've been the best analytical lab for five consecutive years, and we've also been the best of the best in the science and technology category. Wow. That's yeah, great. It's, it's awesome. And worked with clients such as... What, like Adobe? Skull yeah. Candy Skull as candy. well. Um, we've Overstock.com would be another one. Utah Office of Tourism has been a great client for us as well. Yeah. Vivint would be another one in okay. the local area that we've worked with. So pretty big brands, pretty yeah. big clients. That, that's, that's awesome. Um, and they've loved the, the data that you've provided for them. Absolutely. The research that you've done for them. That's great. So, so Dale's been running this awesome, successful lab here at UVU, as Weston, you mentioned, the UVU right. Smart Lab. So we're going to start partnering with them, and we want to use some of their amazing tools for the endeavors that we've been talking about in the Shadoof podcast. And also, we're going to help them marketing-wise. Promoting and, their, their services that they offer. Yeah, so the UVU Smart Lab in this partnership is going to become Shadoof Biometrics. Shadoof Biometrics. Awesome. With an emphasis on the biometrics, which we're going to explain what that means. Uh, Dale, can you give us a, like a, a little kind of definition of what biometrics means? So biometric testing is where we can go and we can capture your non-conscious response. Basically, a lot of testing that we do is very subjective. Okay. We do objective testing. So biometrics would be using tools like eye tracking, which is a new term to a lot of people, galvanic okay. skin response, electroencephalography. I know those are all new, hard yeah. to understand, but those are tools that help us to capture your non-conscious response. Okay, so these are all these are all different technologies. So biometrics involves different different forms of technology. That's right. right? Yep. So you mentioned a few of them. You said eye tracking which is pretty self-explanatory. I think yeah. I think most people know what eye tracking is. Yeah, it it's simply tracks where your eyes are looking. 
That's right? Perfect. Yeah. But it's cool because they not only have, so they can track where your eyes are looking on a monitor. Right. But, uh, but we also, have that right here. Yeah. In this very room, we in have an eye tracker. Uh, but also some pretty neat glasses that when you put on, you can go in, in a store or have a real shopping experience where these glasses kind of record where the participant is looking in live environments okay. yeah. and, uh, and can track not only kind of the direction they're looking at, but where their eyes are focused in that direction. Which wow. Is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That's way cool. So you can get kind of the lay of the land and see what people are focused on in a large room. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty advanced technology, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, for sure. I mean, tracking on the screen, everyone's kind of seen that, right? And it's very useful. Well, not to downplay it, it's usefulness, because tracking on a screen is what we'll use most often, right? Because who isn't on their screen all the time? Uh, Lauren, you're on your screen all the time. Um, not noticed. all the time. <laughs> Lauren, get off your phone. We're recording not, a podcast, I'm Lauren. I'm not on my phone. How dare you? <laughs> oh, uh, wait, one, one oh. second, Lauren. <laughs> Lauren, speaking, speaking of looking at a screen for a long period of time, little announcement here that I forgot. <laughs> I don't, how uh, did we drop that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how we missed this. Since we've referenced this in several podcasts in the past, we feel we need to announce... That Lauren has seen all three Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, the extended editions as <laughs> the, well. The extended it's, editions. It's the holy grail. That's pretty sweet. It was a lot. It was awesome. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, I should have seen these a lot sooner. I was very impressed. Very excited. <laughs> Dale, you've seen them, I presume. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even. I didn't even need to ask that. Pretty much everyone has, but right. Dale was wearing his eye tracking glasses as he did it as well. Right. So. All three hours. <laughs> all three hours of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think now, I think that makes it, I think every person in the world has now seen it. Yeah, the Rings. That was the last, that was the last check the last on the, the last box to check. <laughs> now I can't stop thinking about watching Lord of the Rings with eye tracking. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Okay, so watching a movie, like, would you use the goggles or would you just you do, do the screen recording? I guess if you're just doing it at a computer. Yeah, we'd just put it up on the computer. We could track through an eye tracking bar at the bottom of the monitor where they're looking. And yeah. what's capturing their attention. So, yeah, they okay. could do, actually do it. That would tell us what's really capturing attention from okay. the movie, what's not. Uh, because there's some scenes that you're definitely going to be more involved in than others. Right. Yeah. And some scenes where your eyes are darting around a lot more and some where you're like, because it can tell you the amount of time that you fixate on one point, right? That's exactly right. Which could be important, yeah. you know, especially for marketers. They're, they're wondering what's capturing attention, how much time is being spent there. But just keep in mind, just because someone looks at a certain place doesn't mean they like it. Oh, right. that's true. Right. As we've been talking about this, let's just continue on this Lord of the Rings. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings. That'll just be our, <laughs> our template for this. So, so, Dale, you also mentioned the GSR, or the galvanic skin response. Yeah. That would also be cool to put that puppy on during Lord of the Rings. You want to Okay, what does that do, explain Dale? That yeah. Dale? So let's talk about where it goes first. It goes on your hand. And okay. it will measure if your heart rate increased. It will tell us if you perspired, if your skin expanded or contracted. This is the one that wraps around your fingers, right? It does. It has little sensors that, that wrap around your fingers. kind of looks cool. like a lie detector. Okay. And so it gives us your physiological response. So if we see certain parts in the movie where it's really exciting, your heart rate goes up, we'll be able to tell you exactly where that scene was. Where were you wow. looking and what was your physiological response? That's awesome. It's cool. It's so cool because these measurements, and this 
is a continual theme with biometrics. These, these are uncontrolled responses. Right. So sometimes when we use surveys and things like that, customers or whoever it is that we're researching has time to think about it and their biases kind of really can come into play. Right. Uh, and so what they say may not really be exactly how they feel. Because in surveys, you have people, they're answering a question, but some of them may start to second guess their own instinctual thoughts. And they may say like, what is the survey wanting me to answer or something? And then they, yeah. and then it kind of gives a skewed perspective. But in, in the biometrics testing, as Dale mentioned, this is, what is it called? What do you call it? Un- non-conscious. Non-conscious. That's not, it. You're not unconscious. It's your automatic Un- reflex. <laughs> unconscious responses. <laughs> yeah. You're, no one's asleep during this. That's Lauren, right. wake up. <laughs> so great. Non-conscious responses. So We've covered two of them, eye tracking in two different forms, the goggles and yep. on the computer screen, which yep. gives us great information depending on what you need. Um, and then the GSR, galvanic skin response. Yes. Did I get it right? That's <laughs> I've got right. to memorize all of these. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, that's awesome. So what's the next one? So the electroencephalography, EEG. I thought the EEG. last one was a, a mouthful. Yeah. Nope. yeah. Nope. Electroencephalogram. Yes. Did I say it right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well said. I'm a, I'm a professional. <laughs> You're good with words. <laughs> uh, okay, so so let us know what that does. That's that sounds crazy. So in technical terms, it's measuring your cognitive approach to what you're seeing. Okay. In layman's terms, it basically tells us how hard is your brain working to understand uh-huh. what it's seeing. So maybe you're watching that Lord of the Rings and we're tracking where your eyes are looking. But if you're wearing this electroencephalogram, we can tell exactly if your brain, it's too hard for your brain to understand what's going on or if it's too easy. Maybe you're bored or distracted at certain mm. points as well. Where was your highest level of engagement at that point? And so when you're making a movie or you're even, you know, maybe it's a commercial, you're probably trying to get certain reactions at certain points. We can tell you if you're getting that kind of reaction from your audience. So this gives us like a way more robust kind of version of the GSR, right? It's, it's just different measurements a different, okay. because it's cognitive that we're measuring with the electroencephalogram where it's physiological that we're measuring with the GSR. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what would be two situations where one is better than the other? Okay, so is what I would do is I would use eye tracking with an electroencephalogram, the EEG, okay. for it to measure a website, maybe a commercial as well, where okay. it's just short like that. We could use the GSR, the galvanic skin response, for a movie like you're saying okay. uh, to see what is your physiological response. Is it giving you the spikes you were hoping for gotcha. and the enthusiasm that you want physiologically from a person? Okay, Especially if you have an ad or something that is trying to evoke excitement or fear, that's a really good one for a GSR. Okay. Um, one thing that I, that I like about the EEG in studies that you've done here is testing websites. Mm. We've talked about that. And you can tell when somebody's brain is working too hard to get through the site. So mm. they'll bring in participants and they'll give them certain tasks that a normal consumer would, would have to go through. You know, okay, pick out this product and purchase the product and go through all of these steps. And they can see where the customer's looking, where the really difficult parts are for them. Kind of they where can, they're getting hung up on. Where that workload in their brain is kind of peaking. And yeah, see where they get hung up, if anywhere. And see if they if they get like frustrated or something, you can you can measure those kinds of responses, right? Absolutely. 
that is, I mean, it's incredible that we can capture this kind of this kind of data, and it's so helpful too for what we're doing. Um, Dale, you mentioned you talked about commercials. And I've heard you tell the story about a certain commercial that was done. Do you mind telling that story again about the commercial with a famous actress that, I don't know, you can name her, I don't care. <laughs> sure, I'll, uh, I'll keep as confidential as we can, but share all the information I can at the same, at okay. the same time. So we had a company come to us. They collect donations for hospitals. So they're kind of the front man. They run commercials and say, you know, we'd like you to donate on behalf of this hospital. They came to us with different types of commercials, radio spots, as well as video commercials they wanted us to test. Jennifer Lopez has been their spokesperson. So picked a great spokesperson. And they brought a commercial to us they wanted us to test. The bad news is they'd already shot the commercial. And they put $2 million into the commercial. We ran it through our testing uh, with eye tracking to see where people were looking, but also we used our electroencephalography, okay. the electroencephalogram, the EEG. EEG, and we were able to tell where people were looking, but also how hard was their brain working? Were they frustrated? What was their intent to even donate to mm. this site? And so it starts out with Jennifer Lopez saying, hi, I'm Jennifer Lopez. We all have kids. Sometimes we did aren't able to pay for their their medical needs. That's why there's this organization. And I'm representing them asking you to donate. And it shows the kids in the hospital. Then it goes back to Jennifer Lopez. And at the end, she says, please join me on donating to this organization. The thing that killed the commercial is when people saw her at the end, they saw how rich she looked. She had diamond rings, she had diamond earrings, and the intent to donate dropped dramatically. Here they had you by the heartstrings Mm -hmm. all the way through, and then right when it was time to reach for your wallet, all of a sudden you saw how rich she was. She lifts up her hands or something, right? she did. She just raised her left hand and wanted you you to look. you notice all the jewelry and everything. Yeah, instead of the hospital band, they wanted you to look at Oh, and so gotcha. the wrong thing caught the attention. Next thing you know, people are saying, you know, I was going to donate, but now I'm not going to. So Jennifer Lopez, who's very well liked by the public. Absolutely. Very charismatic, just a great spokesperson, like you said. Yep. She's talking the whole time. And then for whatever reason, that that moment, the engagement just drops, right? Absolutely. Because she looked too rich. That's yeah. what the participants said. And they said it after because you do questions afterwards. Absolutely. So they set it up correctly in getting you your attention, getting you by the heartstrings. Okay. But then they sabotaged it at the very end. And they're $2 million into this commercial. It's kind of hard to go back and try to edit some of that out or reshoot those. And they ask- couldn't just call up Jennifer Lopez and just say like, hey, can you come shoot this one more we time? We did ask him about that. And they said, sometimes it's a little tough to get some of these celebrities to, to bend on more, some things. More money, right? <laughs> That's right. So, you know, here they spent $2 million and sabotaged themselves without even knowing it. Hmm. It's so interesting because I think with a, a commercial like that, what you want the people to feel is that, there they can make a difference that their money would really mm-hmm. matter right but then once she flashes these these rings in front of the camera they start to realize oh i really don't have a lot of money hmm. compared to, to her you know i wonder i wonder right. if that was yeah. something going on in Some, their heads that's, yeah you know? that's what i, I was know reaching that's something for that, that popped out but but to me but like, it's like that, what that is my be... pittance going to yeah. <laughs> going to do yeah. to benefit you know and so you don't really have that like confidence that that you can make a difference like you know by doing this i can help i can make a difference and then at the end you're like oh what am i going to do yeah. you know yeah interesting yeah you know you can always get more in depth of test you know as as we've kind of talked about in previous research you can always ask more questions and get more into depth to really find the why but it's just but but this 
but this biometrics technology can help give us these perspectives and find out what questions we need to ask in order to understand the uh, reasons behind why we make the choices that we make, you know, ultimately. So where you're asking about, you know, if we did more testing after the fact, we would have a justification by saying we tested the commercial. Now we have data to support why we need to have Miss Lopez remove the rings. There's right. data behind your decisions. You're not just going with your gut response, right. but data supports it. And that's what you want to do with your website. You want data to support your gut. We're not saying quit using your gut in your marketing campaigns. We're saying there's a great tool that will give you the non-conscious response and put data behind why you're doing the things you are with your website, your commercial, your product packaging. Absolutely. That's exactly and that's exactly what we're all about. This is perfect. So that's awesome. We have one more technology that you guys specialize in. Remind me what that one is. So it's called facial coding. Facial coding. Okay, so what do we do in facial coding? So it's really pretty easy to set up. Okay. Basically, it's a software program that analyzes your micro expressions. So it's really mm-hmm. that area from maybe the top of your eyes or eyebrows down to maybe your chin. And we make certain little micro expressions. And so it captures those micro expressions and it tells us which emotion you're feeling. Mm. And so there's 3,000 different combinations we can make with our face with micro expressions. That every person can make? Every person. And it boils it down to just nine different emotions. So I can tell you if you're sad, I can tell what you're experiencing at at any one moment in time. So maybe you're watching a movie, like we were talking, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Lauren's watching Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. And the software (laughs) is analyzing her face. Okay. And it's telling us her emotion at any one point in time. We can tell us where she was sad. Where was she mad or frustrated, angry? What was the emotion that they were hoping to get? We can say this is how the participants felt at that point. So it's really analyzing micro expressions down to the emotional level. And we can use that to even train salespeople. We can say, you want to know how your customer responds to you? Let's have them facially code it as you do your sales pitch. And right. we can tell you what parts they liked about your sales pitch and which ones they didn't really believe. Okay. As we're talking about this, I'm just reminded of that. Maybe, Lauren, you've seen this. And I've shown Weston at least some of these clips. But uh, the TV series uh, is on Disney Plus, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yeah. I love that so show. Good. Have you seen that? <laughs> no, yeah. no. Okay, it's oh. so I've heard of it. I, okay. I've heard of it. I, I need to watch that. That and, looks awesome. Yeah, watch it. He kind of dives into consumers' minds for different different products. And the first one is tennis shoes. Okay. Episode number one is tennis shoes. And during one part, he takes you into the Nike lab. Okay. And they hand him a, a pair of shoes, and they have him look at the shoes. And they put on these uh, glasses that are the exact pair of glasses that we have to track eye tracking. Um, and they're doing facial coding at the same time okay. uh, to kind of catch those automatic expressions. So as he's looking at him, it, it kind of catches yeah. what emotions he's feeling. Yeah, and it's interesting because he kind of asks, well, if this is a running shoe, why does it matter what my reaction is as I'm looking at the shoe? Holding it in my and, hands, and, right? And yeah, the guy there says it's, it's psychological. If it looks good, if you have that feeling just by looking at it that this will make you run faster, then it will likely make a difference as you're actually running. You're going to feel well, satisfied with the product. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, that's way cool. I mean, I love this, and I love that, that now we can kind of take take all of this cool stuff that we do here and promote it. I mean, our average listener isn't going to need this in their day-to-day lives other than just finding this interesting. 
But also, if if anyone out there happens to know someone who could use these services, Dale takes clients regularly. In fact, Dale, you had a story about an e-retailer that you were working with. Absolutely. Tell uh, us an about that. An e-retailer, they're a multi-billion dollar company, Ooh. and they live and die by their website. Obviously, e-retailer, right? You've yeah. got to have yeah, it yeah, right. Yeah. So they brought their website to us. We tested it with eye tracking to see where people were looking or not looking at certain components of their website. But also we used the EEG to see what was their cognitive approach, were there places of frustration? Mm. What were the obstacles to getting people to purchase their products? So it started out where people would just go and browse the homepage. Okay. Then we gave them some tasks. And one of those tasks was to have them purchase a couch. And mm. we told them which couch to search for and we noticed a difference with baby boomers. They're doing all the drop downs, trying to find where's the couch listed. And the millennials, Gen Z's, Gen Xers are thinking, you know what, it's easier than that. You just type in couch and you it'll take you. It. So we found a difference in just age groups on how they did their search. Wow, which is already right there, pretty relevant data that it you're really collecting. Is. I mean, that right there could be something that a business could be like, oh, I might try that out on our website. Yeah, right. absolutely. And so then we said, okay, now we want you to purchase that couch. They went to the purchase page, and on the left-hand side, they filled in all of the credit card information that we gave them. And then they're looking oh, to complete... you gave them credit. They, they're not buying it. That's right. <laughs> so we tell them to buy it now. It was a dummy site they were on. We'll give you $50 if you buy a couch. <laughs> <laughs> so they filled in the credit card information, and we said, go ahead and complete, complete it. Okay. Uh, you know, finish it, is what we'd say. And they kept looking and searching through eye tracking. We could tell they didn't see where is the checkout button is what we'd typically oh, really? be looking for. Is All you could see is it said complete order in the top right-hand corner, not mm. where you would typically be looking. So we knew right away they're anticipating the checkout button should be below where I just filled in my credit card information. Maybe it should be in the middle, but they weren't thinking it should be in the upper right-hand corner. Yeah. And they weren't thinking it should be complete order. So, of course, we went back to that e-retailer and we said, okay, you've got a problem with this. Right when people are trying to give you their money, they're getting frustrated. We could see through the EEG that they're getting very frustrated and through the eye tracking that they were wandering. We had 10% of the participants drop out of the study and say, I would never purchase through this site. I'm leaving it because I can go to another competitor and it's probably going to be much easier. You're going to lose 10% of your potential customers, we told that e-retailer, and that was $150 million a year they would be losing if they didn't correct this purchase page. And we said, you know what, you've got to change the lingo. People are used to checkout, not complete order. Not complete order. And so those were a couple findings that... And maybe the placement too, or... Absolutely. They thought it looked too, you know, they're too close to it. Yeah. As a company, you're too close to your product that you don't see it objectively. Right. So we're trying to give you an objective view of it and say, you know what, you need to change the the lingo to check out. You need to put it maybe in a couple different places as well because you're frustrating some of your customers at least 10% and they're leaving. And that could cost you $150 million. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. And there again, very useful data, relevant to many people, anyone who operates business online. These are the types of things that we want to bring our audience and to just utilize this awesome technology. So that that's great. Very useful information. Uh, very cool to be working with these clients and to kind of see this real world application. So thank you very much, Dale Jolly, for being on the show with us. That'll about wrap it up for today. Moving forward, Dale will probably pop in here more often. 
And look forward to our next episode where we will be giving you a nice Halloween-themed episode just in time for the spooky season. Happy spooky season. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Shadoof Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Shadoof Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have many other episodes, and each one we focus on a different topic of research. Some of it might be useful to you, but it is all interesting. Shadoof is sponsored by the Utah Valley University's Woodbury School of Business. Feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on as many social media platforms as you can. LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. We're trying to make this awesome information as accessible as possible. But we can't do it without you. So please join us. Oi, Mike. How's doing, guys?